0: Hiya. As I said, um, three of our priorities as life groups are sharing lives and uh, engaging with truth and praying together. Uh, So I'm going to carry on looking at sharing lives, but specifically look at the how, the how-to. How do we encourage people in sharing lives? A bit more practical if you like. And I've got four headings. I'm going to look at sharing encouragements, uh, opening homes, social occasions and something I've called real meals. So, let's look at sharing encouragement. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, I want people to be asked to share one way in which God has encouraged them recently. It's a pretty consistent opener to every life group session. It could be that people have an answered prayer. It could be that they felt God has spoken to them in some way. It could be just some expression of blessing or grace that they've become aware of that God has uh, kind of sent to them. Uh, It could be anything really. Um, but ask for that one encouragement uh, and let's ask everybody to, to bring something or at least expect that. Just a few thoughts about that. Firstly, I would suggest at least while you're setting the tone to go first. You go first in giving the answer. number of reasons for that. I think it gives everybody else some time to think because they may have forgotten that this is how life group starts. It helps model the type and the length, importantly, of answer that you're kind of hoping for. People will pick up on that or not, but over time I think it will just help to model what kind of thing you want. I think also it gives an opportunity if you're open, if you're somewhat vulnerable to people, then it gives permission at least for others to be open, to be vulnerable as well, even more so if they've got something very deep they want to share. Or not, as the case may be, but if you just go with a random person left or right of you and they start with something that's quite surface, then others may feel less inclined, I think, to be as open as maybe you'd like them to. So go first. Secondly, in terms of order, you can either throw it out there and just ask anybody in any order at their choice to bring an answer. You just have to keep your eyes peeled and just then draw out those who haven't shared something later on. Or you can go round uh, the room in one way or another. I think there's some advantages to that. It's very predictable. People can guess when they're coming, at least after the first person. Who might think, am I the first or last? I hope it's last. It's very equitable, isn't it? It's very round table, so we have all had a go. Uh, and there's no order, no favour, if you like. And you get the whole mix of ups and downs, the highs and the lows. And that's just life, isn't it? That's just the rich tapestry. But I think on balance, I quite like more often than not just asking anybody to share first and anybody second and just leaving it for people to chip in and then maybe prompting and drawing those in who need it. I think the advantage is that people will share something when they're ready and uh, so you'll get the initial ones because people have got things in mind straight away. I think you're more likely as well to start with positive uh, contributions because it would be the positive um, contributions that come really quickly uh, I guess the only danger is that people could start to feel inadequate because it's been very upbeat for a while and if you're desperate to share but it's something a bit more kind of painful so you've got to be mindful of that but I think on balance I prefer that I think a, a big reason for it is actually that um, it, it ensures that people are talking to the whole group a little bit more than they might be otherwise if you go around in order what can happens sometimes is if you end up having an individual conversation with each person when actually what you want to encourage is a, as a group conversation. So I can, I can see how it happens sometimes. You've asked for encouragement, you've asked this person, and they look at you and they give you their answer, which is fine, but you kind of want them to share the answer with everybody. And then the danger is you start to encourage that individual conversation by asking them some questions about it or asking them other questions about things you know that are going on in their life that some other people in the group may not know and you end up going on like that round the group. So I think, and Alpha is very good at this, I think just throwing it out there and seeing it bob around the room is more likely to be conducive to that group dynamic that personally I'm really in favour of. So there you go, that's a thought about order. Another practical aspect to be mindful of is that people might bring discouragements or, or negative contributions. Now, as I said in the previous video blog, that is fine. We want to know where the hurt and the pain is in people's lives. We want to stand people in struggle and challenge and trouble. Um, but also we want people to be aware of how much blessing God is pouring into their lives. So it's important to thank people when they're open enough to share some uh, negative stuff. It's important, I think, to reference that we will pray for you. We want to pray for you, we want to stand with you. But we might do that later, uh, and that might be enough information for now. And I think if you can find the coverage, it's really helpful as well, however harrowing the story is that someone's relaying, to ask them, um, what is God doing in your life? Or, What encouragement has he brought to you, even if it's really small? It's not to dismiss the the discouragements, and there are many in life. But it's just to bring a bit of balance and perspective, however painful, however hurtful the whole situation may be for people. So there you go. There's a few thoughts on sharing encouragements. I do know that there are some challenges to this session of the evening. One is that people can just go on. It's the time factor. And you can find that already you're chasing your tail with maybe what you thought was two hours or an hour and a half or so that you had together. Already it's slipping away. So again, modelling it, going first. uh, You might have to move people on. Encouraging people to give one encouragement and bringing that emphasis and reminder when necessary can be helpful on the time management front as well. We might look at time management again in another video blog. Anyway, number two is open homes. Really what I want to encourage you to do is to consider the environment that you're inviting people into. Of course, we're not after a show home. That's not real, it's not real life. This is not Hyacinth Bouquet and keeping up appearances for those of you who are old enough to remember that TV sitcom. But it is about being mindful of the environment. And I think actually Jesus was very good at this. And you might say, really? Well, it was interesting, wasn't it? His first miracle was providing wine at a wedding that he wasn't the host of. He was considerate of the environment and having provision um, for what was you know, conducive for a good time together. It's interesting, isn't it, for the Last Supper, some of the disciples were getting a bit anxious. Lord, have we prepared for this? What what are we going to do for this Last Supper, for this Passover meal? And Jesus had it in hand and he gave specific instructions. He was very mindful and considerate and concerned for the environment of this meal being ready, of a place that would be conducive for them to get away and be together. I'm really touched by that example. It's interesting as well, isn't it, that Jesus washed the disciples feet Uh, and it's important to remember the context in which he did that it wasn't just he felt like it oh let me just wash your feet as a demonstration of servanthood it was at a meal in someone's home this should have already taken place as a proper etiquette for the day and so Jesus again was very mindful of the, the, the environment and ensuring that it was really conducive for lives being shared and for community to be worked out and family to be felt and real So there you go. I know what it's like. I've been leading life groups uh, with uh, Carrie for, I don't know, 18 years possibly, probably consistently for 16 years. We may have only had two years off in in that time period. So I've been through every life stage, pre-children, small young children, babies in arms at times, babies in a Moses basket in the life group going up and downstairs to crying babies I've been there when the children have been young and when I come home from work I left the house in fairly good order and it's just as if chaos has been going on in those few hours in between but of course it has because kids have been playing and there's tidying up to do and there's bedtime routines and I always wanted to read stories to my children every night tuck them in give them a kiss you know it's an important routine part of the day that I was precious to me as a father so I know all those stages all those challenges when there's children who are still doing homework at five minutes to eight wanting your help and crying because they can't do their maths um, you know we've we've seen it we've even been to the stage where children don't go to bed before life group now what do we do can we settle them in their rooms and allow them to turn their light off in half an hour um, we've got the dynamic of them not getting to sleep when there's kind of worship going on downstairs, what time do we do the worship to make that kind of work for them? So I've been at all those stages, and there are challenges. What I, I can say I tried to do is make the Tuesday night a priority for getting home from work. Uh, I was working, Carrie was at home working, but in that context. And I did make sure that on Tuesday, more often than not, I could get away from the office. So that can wait till... Wednesday. I might have stayed a bit later on Monday and, and Wednesday, but Tuesday, I know it's important. We need both hands on deck here, um, and to make that a bit of priority. So if you're able to do that, then uh, you just flex your week appropriately. Then that would be really helpful, I'm sure. A, a practical bit of, of suggestion really is delegation. Is something that's always important as a life group leader to learn. And why not start by delegating one of those early on tasks? There's more often than not someone in the life group who comes bang on 8 o'clock, comes before anybody else or even comes minutes if not 10 minutes before life group officially starts and at some level you tell your oh out why couldn't they be late like everybody else or or not come quite so early but hey why not make the most of the opportunity, why not say great that you come 5 to 8 week on week. What you can do is we're kind of tidying up and putting the kids to bed. Could you open the door when people come? Could you just kind of make sure we've got enough chairs, get a few more out of the dining room if you need to? Can you ask people what drinks they want and go and make the drinks for them? It only takes week one to show people where the tea and coffee's kept, where the milk is, and people can do that. And you're giving somebody a role straight away. And it may not be a role, so you may not be able to give that person any other type of role, but you can give them this role, and they can feel a sense of ownership of it. It may be appropriate at times, I'm not insisting on it, to go on tour, to go to somebody else's house. I think it can be really helpful if uh, there are people in your group who've got young children. Now as a life group leader, if you've got children, you benefit from them coming to you more often than not. But At times it can be really helpful to go to them. It can also help to go to other people's houses on occasion just to help people feel part and connected and a sense of belonging in the group. Uh, They feel that you know them because you've seen them in their setting and there's certain types of people that for whom that might be really important and so just as an ad hoc just as when it suits you I, I would encourage you to pursue that Uh, possibility. Now when you do that, it doesn't mean you relinquish the whole group night necessarily to them. In fact, I'll encourage you always to be the leader of the group night, even if you're delegating quite a lot of the tasks and the elements of it. And so when you go to someone else's house, you can explain, look, well, can you just open your house up and just, you know, make a nice environment for us, give us a tea and coffee, that's all we need. We'd love to come to your house, but you still lead it. And you you just, Decide what time you're starting, when we do the next thing, who does what, when you get there. I'd encourage you to think about that. Uh, The third theme here is socials, social occasions. I'd encourage you, as part of my vision document and uh, presentation at the beginning of 2014, to have or aim for two social dates per term. Now, that might be a long way from what you're experiencing at the moment, so just go to the next step. Um, But ultimately, I'd like all groups to aim for two. It may be easier for some of you than others, I appreciate. It may work really well at the beginning or at the end of a term. It may work well to do one during the holiday season or the half term in the middle. Now, I'm going to give you permission. We've only got so many Tuesdays that we do meet for life groups, but I will allow you to use one of the scheduled Tuesdays for your social gathering because it's just the pattern. It's a date that's in the diary, hopefully for people. It's not atypical. People if they're gonna be available are going to be available on Tuesday. So go for it. I'd rather it happen and something else is forfeited than it not happen at all. Now you might find that you can add a date over and above the scheduled Tuesdays. It could be a, a Sunday night, tea time, it could be a lunchtime on a Sunday, it could be a Friday games night. A Saturday breakfast we've done before, it could be you go to an event like a fireworks or bonfire party in November um, or you go to a community event uh, or something like fair together or you go for a walk on a Sunday afternoon, whatever time of the week or of the term suits you. Now I know the challenge here as well, the challenge particularly the bigger the group is and the more diverse a group is, is to find something that works, that works for a large proportion of your group at least. I remember times when we used to like having games evenings because I like games and Carrie likes games and we thought that everybody would like games. But our group was quite mixed and we realised actually we needed to choose our games quite wisely. So for example one of the mixes we had was just international, we had lots of different nationalities. We realised that some of the games we enjoy rely heavily on a, a good understanding English vocabulary and if English isn't your first language, however good you might feel people are when they speak it, it's hard to play those word-based games with all that nuance and speed. Um, We also found that you know quizzes and questions etc can be very British centric and rely on a lot of knowledge of British history or Western culture which again might not be suitable for everybody in the group or helpful. So we had to adapt there. We also had a time when, uh, this is when we were in our late 20s leading the group, we had a lot of people who were quite elderly in the group. And we realised that a lot of the games, again, revolved around speed or dexterity, or speed of thought, and some old people don't mind, they appreciate that maybe they're not quite as quick or dexterous as they were. So, but some, you know, it's a bit of a struggle, and it, we don't want to highlight that necessarily. So even things like Taboo and Jenga had to go because of these kind of challenges. So I I appreciate it can be difficult to find something. I think a good way of uh, of starting is just to ask the group one evening, maybe at the beginning of term, uh, as you're penciling together the plan for the coming couple of months or so. Ask people, what would you like to do? And then get a bit of a vote on it. Voting in church is okay, in this context you can vote on what kind of activity might uh, kind of just meet a few people just because be careful someone might say very enthusiastically we could do this and you think oh there's some enthusiasm there but you put it to a vote and find they're the only person who would like to do that so it's good to get both ideas and a bit of an evaluation of how how widely um, keen people are the beauty of asking people what they'd like to do is that it gives you time to plan for the term ahead but also you find somebody with some enthusiasm, with a bit of vision for it. So you've got someone to delegate to straight away, they've kind of made themselves available and you can say well can you make that happen, can you find a date that's going to work for people, can you book that up, can you, uh, you know, remind people about it near the time. So there you go, delegate away, particularly if it's not your forte. I would encourage you to think of things that are simple, think of things that are cheap as well. Uh, What can you do that's homespun? What can you do that's not going to break the bank? Really work financially with the lowest common denominator in your group in terms of financial means. I think that's just fair and inclusive um, as we want to be, of course. And then fourthly about meals, and I've called it real meals. I don't know why I said that, it just kind of rolled off the tongue quite nicely. Um, And again, my encouragement is, and my suggestion, uh, to be normal and simple in every day and value focused. Yes of course there's an occasion when you might want to put something really special on. There may be somebody in your group who would really enjoy making a special effort to bless people by creating a magnificent meal. Fine. But as the kind of run of the mill, as a kind of the norm, I think, where it's, everyone needs to chip in to make this happen, keep it simple value and every day because it's not the quality of the food, it's the quality of the occasion and the food can enhance that just as easily as it being simple. In fact, sometimes it relaxes people if it's the kind of food they eat at home as well. So I know I've put some examples on suggestions on previous Life Group briefing notes and I'll just kind of run through those again but you might have better ideas than these. What about Spud? You Life Group? So one person, the host, shoves loads of potatoes in their jackets in the oven for an hour before group arrive. And then everybody's encouraged to bring a topping. It could be a hot topping or cold topping. You might want to kind of divvy people up hot and cold. Whatever they've got lying around. It could be something as simple as cheese or tuna mayo or beans or coleslaw. Chili con carne might be the kind of highlight, but just keep it as simple as that. How about a toasted tea? Uh, depending on how geographically dispersed you are, Uh, hopefully you're relatively local to each other, why not come back together on a Sunday at tea time? So you haven't got the stress of getting lunch ready straight after a meeting, Uh, but people can come back, say at five o'clock or six o'clock, it can just be for an hour, hour and a half, let's just have tea together. Um, Half the group can bring a packet of something to toast, pick up some crumpets or some muffins, you know, waffles, half a loaf of bread, hot cross buns, whatever it might be from Morrisons. The other half of the group, just tell, bring some spread or some topping that you've got already in your cupboard. It could be, you know, your jam, your lemon curd, your chocolate spread, whatever it might be that you've got. Just bring that. You don't need to buy new things. Just bring, you know, the marmite you've got at the back of the cupboard that you haven't eaten for years. Um, I think roast dinners work well as a life group activity where you want to do a bit of a potluck or rather be a bit more strategic and not leave it to luck because you can ask each household or each person in the group to bring something hot and ready to eat someone could roast a chicken or you could do that or you could ask someone to pick up a roasted chicken from Morrison's and everyone chip in 50p you can ask someone to bring potatoes mashed if it's easier roast if they've got the time and bring them hot people can bring their veg ready and prepared in a dish to go and if everyone arrives roughly at the same time you can just tuck in straight away. Maybe you can bung in a couple of beds in the microwave just to finish off. So there you go. Hopefully I've given you some practical uh, help and suggestions for how we can um, share encouragements with each other, open our houses in an appropriate way, encourage a bit of socialising amongst us and just enjoy eating together. Thank you.